Hello and welcome to the Worst Movies We Own podcast. This is my beautiful wife. Natalie. And I am Bobby. This episode we have watched... Dirty Deeds. From what year, Natalie? 2005. Natalie, tell the people at home what the Worst Movies We Own podcast is all about. So Bobby and I are married, we watch a lot of films together and we've decided to watch the worst DVDs we own according to the ratings these films have received on the website Letterboxd. Some we've seen before, some we haven't. We've not bought any of the DVDs specifically for this podcast. It's a combination of random stuff included in box sets, charity shop gambles and films we've bought in the past that other people just don't enjoy. So we'd like to find some treasures amongst these low-rated films and we're watching each one with an open mind, hoping for the best. Lovely stuff, although we should probably add, or have been gifted. Yeah, because sometimes they are gifts. In fact, quite often they're gifts. Yeah, we got this as a gift. Do you think it was intentionally for the podcast? It is from a super fan. Yeah. Because we oh, do have super fans now. A, a super, super hopeful. Yeah. My friend Emily, who has who been, been a guest, Twilight the, Eclipse. Yeah, watched the Twilight episode with us. And this Christmas, you open up your presents and there was a DVD in there, wasn't there? It was a DVD of a film I've never heard of. I've never heard of This is the first film I've gone in completely blind on, with the exception of glancing at the cover. Yeah. I mean, I could, I'm familiar with several cast members. And it was out at a time when I would have possibly noticed such people being in a film. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure if... Well, I'm sure you'll you'll tell us when you give all your interesting facts and figures about whether this got a cinema release in the UK or not. It did not. No, shocking. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, Emily bought it for us. I think maybe partly in the, in the expectation or anticipation that this possibly may be a low-rated film. Mm-hmm. Um, but also because it stars Milo Ventimiglia. Who is? Uh, he is... From Gilmore Girls, he is Rory Gilmore's uh, main love interest, I would say. Not the one she starts off with, but definitely the best of a, of the bunch. Okay, so there's so much crossover there in that your friend, or our friend Emily, mm-hmm. loves to give a lovely DVD gift. Mm-hmm. Starring someone that you crushed on a little bit. And would also possibly be included in this podcast, which we have done straight away. It fits the criteria. It I didn't crush on Mike Love and Tamelia. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see Gilmore Girls until I was in my late twenties. That would have been highly inappropriate. She did. Okay. I believe. I don't there know. We I don't go. want to. Don't want to put crushes in the house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I know Emily, and I think she did watch Gilmore Girls back in the day, and I think he would have been her type. And therefore we have watched this. So we've watched it, it yeah. Now. We've watched it and we've we've given it a good old watching and it has been watched. Uh, <laughs> it's a teen gross-out comedy. Do you want to tell people what the plot of it is? Yeah, okay. So it's, it's also at West Valley High School um, and the school has a tradition that every year, the night before homecoming, a student can choose to undertake the 10 dirty deeds mm. and become a high school legend. Rebellious, non-conformist, cool kid Zach. Um, though he's not like in the popular clique. He's just cool. He's a bit like a Ferris Bueller. He's a bit of a Ferris Bueller, yeah. Uh, he's got no intention of taking on the deeds. But then the nerdy younger brother of the girl he fancies rashly volunteers. So Zach steps in to save him and finds himself up against these ten increasingly difficult and dangerous dares. Whilst his classmates all follow his progress at a house party and in a diner. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's... To be honest, on paper, it is quite the potent plot. Mm. But if you think someone's got to go out and do these 10 dares, and dares are quite risque dares, then there should be plenty of gross-out teen comedy hijinks that erupt from this. You keep saying this gross-out teen comedy like that's a thing. That's yeah. not a thing. It definitely is oh a thing. God, We're going to discuss not. it right now. We're going to do okay. top five uh, teen <laughs> gross-out comedy. You refuse to do this because you think there's American Pie 
one, an American Pie two, and that's that. I think you've totally missed the point. Yeah. Um, of what this subgenre that this fits into is. Gross out comedy. Generally, okay, maybe that is. A, so uh, I've got a, a list of five films here. I'm I don't not know how you've done that. I'm no, not going to be able to read no, it out no, now you because you're saying it's not part of it. It's, I don't think it's a thing. I personally, I think this is. It fits more into the mould of crossing them out of the teen pencil. movies Being that take. Out. All right, no, no, go and read them out. Maybe I'll change my mind. What are these five? Gross well, I'm going to give you. I'm, I'm going to give you some other ones. American Pie yeah. is the definitive one. In fact, mm. it's a teen comedy with gross-out hijinks. In that things happen with bodily fluids and sex mm. and boobies that are seen as slightly extreme, like the Ferrari Brothers. Yeah. Movies. Okay. Okay. That's kind of our template. What the other You've got... I'm not going to tell you my top five. I'm going to give you some other options before I hit you with the top five. You've got Animal House. Right. Most of those kids aren't teenagers. They're college age. So they could still be 19. Mm. Okay? You've got Porky's. Porky's, I'll give you. The Porky series. Yeah. Okay? Then there's other things that were like Porky's that I can't be bothered to list because, to be honest, Porky's was never going to make the list of the best ones. Mm. Weird Science. Gross out? Yeah, there's loads of gross out stuff with weird science. Okay. They build a woman. <laughs> and okay. Bill Paxton is quite the nasty bully. Okay, I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. Road Trip and its sequel yeah. Euro Trip and all of its spin-offs. Okay. Anything with DJ Qualls or Tom Green in it but when they were teenagers. Yeah. Uh, 21 and over, Miles Teller's early work. Never heard of it. Okay, but this is the top five now. Okay? okay. So I crossed out The Girl Next Door. That did make the cut originally, but then I had a little think about some other things that could be in there. Okay. Uh, I didn't include Booksmart. Right, okay, so it's my issue, yeah. Yeah, because I don't think that's particularly gross out, even no. though it follows the format and lets the girls kind of behave badly and have mm. sex, but it's not quite... To be honest, gross out does have to essentially be laddish. That's the unfortunate Well, that's thing. that's my issue, okay. okay. Um, so, number five will be the girl next door, then. Number four is American Pie 2. Mm. All other... American Pies after that, unfortunately, they're adults, so they can't be included. Mm-hmm. Okay? Super bad, number three. Mm. Yeah? You happy I have with that? stuff to say. I'm just going to, I'm being very polite and letting you finish your list. Number two, American Pie. Mm. Number the two, original. American Pie. Yeah, the original. Okay? Oh, I can't wait. Num- number one's words. before that, though, More Rats. That doesn't count. Yeah, it does count. I you mean, don't know how old they are. They're not at school. They hang out with a 16 year old girl. That means they nothing. must be they must be eighteen nineteen year old boys as well. So okay, so but they have jobs. I think maybe the issue I'm having here is this this gross out thing then because I'm seeing these films that you've mentioned as not being like a kind of a unit. I see them as various different things. So for me, Booksmart um, would kind of fit into the same character uh, category as Dirty Deeds, mm. along with certain other films. Where it's like a kind of a, it all takes place over one night. A wild, crazy night. Follows maybe. a group of kids. Yeah, yeah, wild, crazy night, sure. So like Dazed and Confused. American po- American Graffiti. American Graffiti, uh, Book Smart, 16 Candles. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have to be gross. It's part of House not. Party. I've never seen that. Well, yeah, but it's, old? it's from the early 90s and they okay. made four of them. Right. So that for me is that type of film. And that can, they, they can be gross, but they can be... They can be more mature and, and funny or whatever. Yeah. Whereas I think when you say gross out film to me, that just means it, like just infantile. Yeah. Yeah. I like, agree. Bodily fluids, boy. erections, yeah. seeing girls, boobies and maybe their bottoms. Yeah. 
Which, in a good film like American Pie, yeah. that stuff's incidental. It is yeah. the stuff that certain people are going to remember that film for and maybe even watch that for. Boy, fuck the pie. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and and you and it will change over the course of your own life. Because yeah. if, you're tw- if you're 12 years old and watching American Pie, those are the bits that you're probably going to find the most fun. Whereas when you're older, you're just going to appreciate how, how like hilarious Stifler and... Stifler's mom are. To be honest, I still find Stifler and, Stifler and Stifler's mom very hilarious. So. Yeah, so, because they are the best thing in yeah. it. And so, yeah, I, I don't know, this gross out thing, I, I, I don't think it's really a category. I don't think there's enough films to just. I have, I've given as, you, as with sequels, about a dozen films there without putting too much thought into it. I wouldn't say, I mean, Mallrats, no, you're not having that. Well, I'm not having Mallrats. No, I don't have Mallrats. Because it's not that kind of film. Oh, do you want me to put the new guy in with DJ Qualls or Road Trip or Euro Trip? I don't know. They're not very good. No, I know. Road Trip's all right. From Every film in my top five is a good fucking movie. What's the one with Matt Damon in? That's Euro Trip. Okay. Or Road Trip. Yeah, one of those. Yeah. They're fine. They're throwaway films, you know. Um, I think the problem is once this cycle of films came along, you were actually exactly the right age for them, but I was just maybe just a little bit... Too, American Pie was probably when I should stop going to see teen comedies. Mm. I'd reached that age. But um, in the 90s, teen comedies were kind of classy, Days the Confused, Clueless. Mm. Only American Pie started to kind of acknowledge the fact that these kids like to fuck a pie. Yeah, well, I think I think maybe that is it. You've got, you like... You a pie in it. The immature, it's, it's, it's your right. If your if you're writer's immature, mm. then it falls into that second category. If your writer is Richard Linklater or someone... Or Cameron Crowe. Yeah, then yeah. it's it's more sophisticated. See, They're not real teenagers. They don't act like teenagers act, but it's it's mm. a more enjoyable experience. Fast Time at Ridgemont High is pretty risque. Yeah, it is. Mm. But then look at the time it was made. Yeah. I mean, it could be a kid's film. Tom Cruise <laughs> is a pimp a year later. Okay, like, so... We've we've discussed we've discussed the subgenre which you don't think exists, but I have clearly evidence does exist. Yeah, but I don't think we even need to discuss all this. Basically, Dirty Deeds has come about because some you know American Pie was really popular and people wanted to cash in on it. Six this years has later, been made. yeah, but people were still making. You wouldn't be shocked because there's loads of director DVD American Pie spin-offs where have nothing to do with American Pie apart from maybe Eugene yeah. every turns up for one, one. We've not seen David turns up once he just raises his eyebrows and goes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then they go, this is the American Pie. This could be American Pie Dirty Deeds. Yeah, I think my dad's seen them all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he got a box set, has he? I think so. A box setter. Yeah. Um, okay, that's fine. Do you want to do some facts and figures? Always. For, uh, Dirty Deeds. I know it's your favourite bit, apart mm. from shitting on my list. Dirty <laughs> <laughs> uh, Deeds 2005 was directed by David Kendall, who doesn't have many cinema credits, but directs loads of teen TV. So anything from Boys Meet Worlds, Hannah Montana, Melissa and Joey, mm. uh, and there's about 100 other things I can name, but you'd probably go, yeah, I used to watch that. None of them I watched. All Boys right. Meets World was probably when I was checking out of kiddie tv well i've never watched any of those things you've just listed you've never watched melissa and joey oh it might have been on in the background yeah right i believe it uh written by two guys called john land who's a thriller writer usually writes thriller books and jonathan ties and it's based on real pranks that used to happen at one of their schools right it's kind of based on a true story or an urban legend at their school but there was this gauntlet of pranks you had to do yeah well that makes sense Mm -hmm. none of them are exactly Completely original, are they? Mm. Starring Milo Ventimiglia. Oh, so who, close. <laughs> who, who was in Gilmore Girls and was also Rocky's son in Rocky Balboa and Creed. Oh. Lacey Chabert. Yeah. The Mean Girl, the party of five. Yeah. 
Charles Durning, who just must have needed some money. <laughs> Ray Santiago mm-hmm. and Zoe Saldana. It's got an internet movie date based score of 5.8, which means people who have watched this, I thought it's all right. <laughs> and a letterbox score of 2.4 which is why we're covering it now it's bang on what we're what we're looking at at the moment mm. it made a paltry $146,000 in, in America which suggests it's probably only about 30 screens or something right and there uh, two people turned up a script showing for a week oh. and then that was that it's a shame uh, but I assume it's kind of a vanity theatrical release they, this was for the director video yeah. TV market yeah um and that's that. Let's have a little break and we'll discuss what Natalie liked and didn't like about Dirty Deeds. Natalie, what did you like about Dirty Deeds? Well, well, we'll start with the reason why Emily bought it in the first place, I think. And so Marlo Ventimiglia. I know he's not had like an amazing career and he's not, he's not the best, but no. I find him quite refreshing in terms of what he is, like he's, he's, I don't know. He's not You're your gonna normal, have to tell me. <laughs> he's not your normal teen heartthrob. Okay. But he, he is attractive. Mm-hmm. If I was a teenage girl, mm. which I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, he's no Chris Klein. No, he's not, well that's the thing. He's not like a bland milk toast. Um, he's got a few more edges to his face. Yeah, he's got like, his, his mouth's a bit crooked and he's, he's a bit skinny. Okay, so not much for me there. No. No. What else did you like? Lacey Chabert? Yeah. She's not she, really in it very much. Yeah, she's the biggest name with a prominent role. Yeah. And big name in that she's done some TV. <laughs> and Mean Girls. And Mean Girls. She's like eighth build in Mean Girls, yeah. So there's mm. that. I, you know, I grew up with Party of Five, but she was always the annoying kid in Party of Five rather than, you know, her hotness herself, Nev Campbell. Mm. Uh, so it is interesting. She definitely is a very attractive young woman. And mm. as she gets older, because she's probably roughly the same age as me or you. You probably. I think she's probably... Yeah, well, Lindsay Lohan is my age. So there we go. Probably your age as well. She is attractive, but it's in a very um, cookie cutter. What a computer program might decide is an attractive movie star look about her. She and does it, look a bit like a sim. Yeah. <laughs> And even if you would say on paper, oh, I'd want a girl with this colour hair, mm. this height, with this kind of nose, and da, da, da. the actual reality of it is there's something that's uncanny about her. Mm. And like you said, like a sim, there's something, she's flawless and yet not particularly sexy. I know that seems weird, mm. but... Maybe it is because you remember her so well as a child. Yeah, that, that would you be can't a really get past as well. That. Yeah. But she is, she's very petite as well, mm. so you'd have to be really into that. But I, I don't have that issue with Christina Ricci, say, for example. Christina Ricci's not always been petite. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 but in terms of, you know, she was a child oh, when I was a child. But um, Maybe she's know, inhabited she... her womanhood a bit more comfortably than yeah. Lacey Chabert ever maybe, has. Maybe that, that's that. What, what I think I'm getting at by saying, uh, by picking out Milo Ventimiglia and Lacey Chabert here and the characters they're playing is possibly that it's not going down a completely predictable route with their main boy and main girl, you know? Mm. Even when, even though it is very common to have, you've got the kind of, like, the bad boy going after the the valedictorian, yeah. um, slightly stuck-up girl. I mean, obviously, that is very common. But, you know, it's not a case of she wears glasses and then takes them off and she's stunning. Or Everyone thinks she's hot. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, there's no, no hiding that. 
uh, neither of them really changes. Mm -hmm. And they, they, they kind of have a spark at the beginning yeah. anyway, you know? So um, I think what they're going for more is the kind of maybe the Lloyd Dobler, um, Iona Sky. The John Cusack Iona Sky. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or the, or the, another John Cusack movie, The Sure Thing. Right. He's like kind yeah. of like the cool loser and she's like the prim and proper girl. Yeah. 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 Um, so I think maybe that is what they they wanted a young John Cusack and they got Milo Ventimiglia, who is obviously not a patch on John Cusack. No. Uh, he, he didn't leave a lot of an impression for me. I would say what they're really aiming for him to be is the first Bueller, which is he doesn't fit into any particular clique. He kind of has the school wired, though, and he can wrap the adults around his finger. Well, he's kind of playing the same character he does in Gilmore Girls. Okay. So I think they may have just chosen him for that reason. Mm -hmm. They just wanted Jess, but in a film. Fair enough. He's really, I can't it, tell the difference between him and his character in Gilmore Girls. I, I'm going to say it's, it, it seems strange to centre a film around someone I hadn't heard of until I saw a DVD on Christmas Day. Because <laughs> I was definitely watching movies at this point, but he is someone who is so far off my radar and hasn't seemed to have done anything particularly great afterwards. Was he not in, like, Heroes or something like that? He, not to my knowledge. Okay, I, could be wrong. I don't, I don't I've got no idea. I've never things. seen him in anything else. Okay. Get the feeling he's the best person they could get for a script that was flying around they want to make an American Pie-style movie, but I don't completely by they wanted to make a vehicle for my living to to break into the big time okay well anyway um what i'm saying is neither of them annoys me which you know there are a lot of film you know she's no hillary duff mm. where i might watch the film because i like somebody else who's in Amanda it Bynes. or whatever exactly <laughs> Bynes, yeah. um but you're having to endure hillary duff to do that okay so high praise indeed sure <laughs> <laughs> what else did you like um it had its moments. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was, there was never any bit where uh, it was it was particular. You know, it was really funny. I don't think I laughed out loud at any point. I chuckled once or twice. I know, but it doesn't take a lot for you, does it? Oh, that's not very nice, <laughs> is it? Just because I can enjoy life more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was good to read. Yeah. Um, I really like one of the characters in it. They've got this. Um, I, I'm going to call him Biff because I've got no idea what the main character. What, what his character was actually because called. Because either RD or JD or something like that. A pair of initials. Yeah, who knows? But mm -hmm. he is the Biff. He is yeah. like a big school bully, scary kind of nutcase. Yeah. Um, and he is set up at the beginning as the main antagonist. You know, mm -hmm. he's one of the, the first deeds is to, to punch him, which mm -hmm. Milo Ventimiglia does. And then you think, oh, right, okay, so for the rest of the film, he's going to constantly be on his tail. Like He's going to be one step ahead of this yeah. bully and having to dodge him as well as doing these deeds. Which, okay, it doesn't do that. So you might say, well, at least it doesn't do the obvious thing. But I would have been quite happy with that. He was a great character. He was very funny. Mm. Uh, his, the, his name is Alex Solowitz, the actor who plays mm -hmm. him, and I agree. I think he's probably the most committed performance yeah. in, in the film. He's, he's always got a manic smile on his face unless he's unhappy about something. Yeah. Uh, and... He feels like the bully that if he does, if you do get caught by him, that's that's your night over. Yeah. Now, and annoyingly, they don't play up on that. He should be on their tail mm -hmm. constantly as an extra threat whenever they're trying to do a deed to create mm -hmm. some tension. Yeah. Um, Instead, they add to him almost like kind of like the Blues Brothers, mm -hmm. where he accrues enemies throughout it. 
but they never really fully embrace that idea yeah. either. They don't all come together at the end with all the sort of antagonists yeah. piling there's, on. There's at least half a dozen villains, all of whom should be in some way, shape or form threats, mm -hmm. but they just literally skip over them. Even though some of them do return as it goes along, none of them ever up their game to stop mm -hmm. those dirty deeds. You've got a principal who's a real schmuck. Yeah. So kind of a Jeffrey Jones type. He's mm -hmm. not as good as Jeffrey Jones. He's not as memorable as Jeffrey Jones. He's not no. funny like Jeffrey Jones, but he's that kind he's of that principal. Kind, yeah. um, you've got a cop who's making sure there'll be no dirty deeds tonight. <laughs> and he never really exerts his authority. There's a couple of times he catches them pretty much red-handed and he overlooks it, even though he doesn't want any dirty deeds. Yeah. Uh, there is our bully, who at one point is riding round in his monster truck, waving <laughs> a baseball bat, yeah. ready to kill. <laughs> And yet that never really, truly comes to a no. head. You've got the jock who is kind of running the Dirty Deeds night yeah. as such. And he's the main antagonist, I say. But he pretty much always just stays in a diner car park issuing Dirty Deeds. Mm -hmm. You've got a gangster whose car gets stolen. <laughs> yeah. He's very forgiving. <laughs> um, a one-legged... One-legged night watchman Gargan, played by yeah. Charles Durning, who is far too good an actor for this... Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there's there's others that we've forgotten. And yet never at any point does it feel like it all comes to a head. And it becomes overwhelming for our hero to perform these escalating pranks. <laughs> yeah, it's like they wrote a lot of stuff on post-its. Mm -hmm. And then kept all the post-its, but never really yeah. put them together or... or um, I don't know, is that like a, like a proper editing process in the writing yeah. room? A, a really good comedy could get away with no jokes if you felt like, oh, he's never going to be able to pull off these days with seven different people, some of whom have got guns, others who have baseball bats, mm -hmm. and all of whom hate him, trying to stop those dirty deeds. Yeah. Uh, they introduce at the very beginning the... Uh, it's going a little bit off topic, but it kind of shows just how random the character work is in the film. Very early on, the... Uh, principal secretary mm. and another woman who works in the admin department are introduced and you think well that's going to come up again because she's clearly hot for the teenage boy mm. and the other one can't stop farting mm. and you never see him again <laughs> yeah the, the farting one i'm quite glad we never see again because that is just like a little old lady farting racist, a lot. yeah, yeah. humour but the the idea of the school secretary having a crush on him mm. i think is really funny and and i think maybe they they maybe were going to do something else yeah. with that and they chickened out because I... of it's yeah, I thought she was. there was going to be a deed where he has to sleep with someone, maybe a former homecoming mm. queen, which is, they kind of have something, he has to get a bra, mm -hmm. and I thought it was going to turn out to be her, but he gets the address wrong and he turns up at the farting old lady, and that would have been, mm. I'm not saying great comedy, but would have had comedic potential more than what actually happens. I mean, if this was the 80s, that definitely would have happened. Yeah, <laughs> instead, of, instead of sleeping with, like, the middle-aged lady, he's sleeping with the old lady to get mm. her bra, but both were homecoming queens at this high school. Yeah. You noticed something about the high school uh, jock valedictorian uniforms, didn't you? Well, they're, they're Sunnydale, they're the Sunnydale colours. I mean, obviously, yeah. there's going to be a limited number of colours yeah. in American <laughs> high schools, but I do think maybe 2005, they were just like in some dusty closet <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so they managed to re redeploy them in some way. Yeah, they must have had to stitch new letters on, though, because it's West Valley rather yeah, than Yeah, not Sweet Valley. No. West Valley. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else did you like? Um, they, the, if you're not interested in Dirty Deeds, um, there is <laughs> another it. plot line whereby uh, on this same night of tradition, mm -hmm. it's, there's a tradition to throw an impromptu party in a freshman's house whilst the Dirty Deeds results come in, and they pick 
this little boy Bobby D. Yeah. Um, and he's obviously so stressed because he's he doesn't want his house uh, trashed and he's going to be in such trouble from his parents, etc. But then he gets wind that a girl is really impressed with whoever the host of this party is, so he uses that uh, as a launch pad to try and sleep with her. And I mean, I'm going to say this this plot line worse thin. It does end on a good kind of twist. But it doesn't make sense then when you think about what's happening at the beginning. Not really. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I quite enjoyed that until it wore thin. Yeah, I I think more could have been... If anything, they, they delayed their hand of the hot girl wanting him because he was having the party. They could have made more of that and then it carried on spilling over from that point onwards. But that's kind of almost the finale of... His, his wild and crazy night. Yeah. But I completely agree. As the uh, Anthony Michael Hall of the piece, <laughs> his uh, his wild and crazy night was, in a way, slightly more interesting, even if you've seen it in a teen movie before. Oh, ad nauseum, yeah. Yeah, but um, I, I enjoyed his scenes, and we know him from Ash vs. Evil Dead. You're a good spot there. Well, I recognise the name, but yeah. I would have recognised the face as well. He's so cute. He's chubbier, and he doesn't have his moustache, pencil moustache, his yeah. hats, but he is uh, from Ash vs. Evil Dead, the main character. Yeah. And uh, he was just as good here as a little baby boy as he was later on in life yeah. in that good show. Good comedy actor. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll discuss him a little bit later on again. Maybe we will. Anything else you liked? Um, it's kind of coming full circle and it's the last thing I'll say <laughs> that's positive. Um, but I liked the fact that it was there was a, a fairly light touch on the romantic aspect of this. Yes, he's kind of doing it for the girl. In fact, he's completely doing it for the he girl, as he admits at one yeah. point. But they don't lay that on too thick. Yes, of course, they get together at the end. Uh, and but it's, it's not a massive smoke sweet. with fireworks behind him. And, you know, that's, yeah, that's the prize. He's got the prize of kissing the girl. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, because that whole romantic teen comedy can go so badly wrong Mm -hmm. um and it's you know it can be to name one uh she's all that i think is one of the like least watchable (laughs) teen films ever i will never watch it again is that not the one where there's someone quite good in a small role like kirsten dunst or claire danes or someone like that i think there is but i can't remember who it is oh that's anna paquin that anna paquin yeah 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 but Again, a good example of someone who I definitely didn't fancy when she was a child, but definitely fancy now. <laughs> good to know. Yeah. <laughs> List of child stars that I now fancy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, now they're adults. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but I mean, the, the thing is, you do have that thing where you have certain child actors who you fancied as a child and now no longer obviously fancy them. Mm. But you kind of look back and think, oh, that's nice. But you don't anymore. Like yeah. Scott Beto. Not anymore. He's too... Oh. Once he got to Chachi, nah, yeah. not, not for me. Coolest but dude ever. When I was Bugsy a kid, Malone. exactly, when yeah. I was a kid and watched Bugsy Malone, I was like, oh my God, mm. Bugsy Malone. Mm. Hot-headed Bugsy makes his mind up. Yeah. Don't mess with Bugsy or you'll wind up. It's I just a see, shame I can take all the Bugsy Malone right now on this podcast. I mean, don't. <laughs> but <laughs> oh. if you want to do it later, I'll listen. There's an interesting one. I know we probably should be discussing how fanciable women are, especially when they were child actors, but I always <laughs> see Jodie Foster as an adult. So when she's a child in films, I, I think, oh, look, Jodie Foster looks so young, well, and but she's an adult in my head. Whereas most, your Anna Chomsky's, your Christina Ricci's, your Anna Paquin's, your Flora Birch's, we yeah, did our list of really good child actors of the 90s. They, they've, they all feel like children first who've become beautiful adults. I suppose so, but then we would have grown up with them as children yeah, and then they've it. become adults. Yeah. Whereas with... Jodie Foster, it's weird because you start off seeing Jodie Foster as a real tomboy and mm. a kind of 
but like a wholesome, healthy looking American teenager. Yeah. Then she's sexualized in everything <laughs> she's in, but still a child. Mm. And then she goes through that and then kind of makes her adult choices where yeah, she's very disparate. She has a similar thing as Caitlin Diva has at the moment of her like kind of early adult career was very much her as the victim of abuse or sex or mm. in a lot of films. And therefore, even though she's, again, a very beautiful young lady, you just want to give her a cuddle. Yeah. <laughs> rather, rather than you can objectify her which of course obviously we're not supposed to objectify women anymore but let's be honest it's the movies people need to be glamorous and sexy yeah um i hope i hope caitlin diva doesn't um end up having to spend the rest of her life playing rednecks <laughs> because that just seems to be what she's playing arkansas victim yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay so I think we moved on to what you didn't like about Dirty Deeds. Can I throw one in very quickly? Oh, please do, yeah. Uh, when this first was unwrapped, he said, oh, it's Dirty Deeds. And I was like, what, the Australian film from 2002 with Brian Brown and John Goodman? There's mm -hmm. like a 1950s crime caper comedy set in the outback called Dirty Deeds. It came out within a couple of years of this. And it annoys me that, that it wasn't that. It wasn't that, because I remember going to the cinema seeing that and thinking it was all right. It was perfectly enjoyable and kind of, a broad Australian crime caper comedy kind of way. Does that have the song in it? Yes, it does. Okay, because I was hoping that the song might be in this. This was originally going to be called Ten Things, but then because oh, like of Ten, ten things, things I Hate About You, not not a gross-out teen comedy, a romantic teen comedy, yeah. a classy teen comedy, they, um, they changed it to Dirty Deeds, which makes more sense anyway. But like I say, that title was already taken as well. <laughs> but maybe they didn't think the t American teenagers had seen the Australian crime comedy. Probably not. It's all right for films to have the same name as others. I don't think it's three a years later and... I, I think there should be a 10-year gap between using titles okay. again. There's certain titles that seem to be used every year. Like, um, Crash. Yeah, Crash gets used a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. Twister seems to be another one that has quite a few twisters out there. Oh, really? Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah? You want me to talk about what yeah, I didn't like? What you didn't like, yeah. You see, I'm not really... I'm not going to pick on... Um, Lots of individual things. I think I'll probably be a bit more general with this. My, my main issue with it is that um, it does a lot of the things that other films do, but not as well. And and so it just seems kind of like derivative of, of so many different things that you'd just rather be watching. Mm. The main one, the obvious one, I think, probably is American Pie. It, it goes, it does do the bodily fluids thing and nowhere near as well. It doesn't do it, risk. it's not risque enough yes. and it's not as, it's not funny enough. I think you need to be funny, otherwise it's just pointless. In American Pie, there is a scene where a character has jizzed in a glass mm -hmm. and then another character, unbeknownst to them, is going to drink from that glass and they play it out so much mm -hmm. of whether that glass is going to be drunk from, but the tension's built up <laughs> and you can't wait to see someone unexpectedly taste jizz. Mm -hmm. In this, without going into too many details, someone jizzes in a loaf of bread yeah. and they do not stretch it out in the, they don't understand that way of teasing it but you know what's going to happen you know what the reaction is but it needs to be built up that you're going I can't believe yeah. it maybe it's not going to happen maybe it is and it's a case of patience and timing and being confident in what is a terrible joke mm. to make it work and this film doesn't have it it just wants to go and now he eats jizzy bread and now a blind man might buy the jizzy bread and we're going to move on and we're going to move on. Now he's stealing a leprechaun. Now the leprechaun deflates and now the leprechauns are reinflated mm. again. It, it never understands there's, a, there's something you need to do to make these things actually funny rather mm -hmm. than just go through the motions of having them in the film. And it annoys me that no one's ever figured out what is the setup that works, what's the punchline. Mm. All they've kind of figured out is that could be amusing 
Yeah. Well, I mean, it shows that the writers haven't got a sense of humour. Yeah. Because they're thinking that the the wrong bit of that is funny. Yeah. I I, I agree with that. And that is it's a complaint we've had of quite a lot of comedies on the podcast. When we cover Mm. a comedy, it's either one or two things. I don't understand why this is so early rated because it's actually a very funny film and everyone's very giving very spirited performances. Mm. Or they needed someone who understands comedy to write the script and direct the script and they don't have that. Yeah. And this is this is this falls into that category and it's yeah, it does mean you struggle to recommend it because it's an unfunny comedy. Yeah. Um but as well, uh as well as the kind of the jokes being rip offs and, and poor poor man rip offs of other things, it doesn't even have it doesn't even have like any decent music in it or anything that kind of really signals it out as being of its time. Yeah. That might make you, I don't know, obviously not me feel nostalgic, but maybe someone a few years younger than me feel nostalgic about it. Yeah. I, I didn't recognise any of the songs. That's right. It sounds like it could be Blink-182 or Green Day. But it's or, but, not. But it's not, yeah. <laughs> and also, it's seven years later than American Pie. So should the soundtrack sound exactly the same as that kind of skater boy Well, that's what they, yeah. yeah. They, no, it shouldn't, because yeah. presumably in 2005, that isn't what the kids were listening to. Listening no. to. It should have been. Should they? <laughs> just, just put um, Blink-182 in it. It would have been yeah. fine. But, I mean, I'm pretty sure this is the era of Busted. It doesn't even sound like Busted. <laughs> no. Yeah, busted would have quite happily taken the cash to be on the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so th- th- that was my major issue with it. And another one is that they, th- th- there are certain uh, glimmers of hope for it. Certain characters, particularly that could have made this a better film, that are just woefully underused. Lacey Chaber isn't really in it very much, possibly out of choice, and um, and that's a shame. But also, like we've discussed before, the bully character isn't. There are also characters, like there's there's a friend, um, Milo Ventimiglia's best friend, has injured st- himself in some way. He was talking about Stash, who's uh, on drugs. Yes. Yeah. And he's got quite, like, he, he acts like he is a grown man who has gone through rehab. Like, he's got a problem. Even though he's, like, 17-year-old yeah. boy. Yeah. So he doesn't want to take his painkillers because um, in NA they say you shouldn't take any. And yeah. he's on the, pro- you know, he's five days clean. That's funny. It, they really should have built him up as a character. Yeah. And like, at least then he would have had a sidekick. Yeah. Again, some things that are set up in that first act and never really come to any kind of fruition. Like, kind of, I thought his pills, his pain pills would come into it somehow. Yeah. Or his breaking sobriety would come into it. And I know that probably there is a shot of him later on drinking or something, so he has essentially broken his rules. Mm. But it's not focused on in a way that's amusing again, or just a very... Uh, I can't tell if there's rewrites or there should have been rewrites mm. or whatever happened that it just doesn't really click as a film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I if it did, that. we would have heard of it. <laughs> but yeah, true. Zoe Saldana has a cameo. Oh, yeah. Which is completely understandable as a one scene cameo. She's a former homecoming queen who's you know, become a model and she gives away her bra, which is something he needs to do for one of the deeds. So he does it in the best way possible in a way. But... He has no real difficulty doing it. Yeah, just like... for me, that should have been more like, you know, like um, uh, like like Tom Cruise and, and Kim Cattrall, is it? In... No, it's uh, Rebecca de Mornay in Risky Business. Rebecca de Mornay, yeah. yeah. There should be that huge gap between them, mm-hmm. but she is the knowing, mature, older woman who sees him for what he is, treats yeah. him quite kindly and comes through for Cause, it. Because he's, he's the kind of boy she probably should have ended up with at school. Exactly. Yeah, rather than the jock who's... Yeah. Causing all the problems. Whereas there's really not that much age difference between mm. Zoe Saldana and, and his character, and she is a bit easy. It sh- it should be like a kind of, that 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 kind of sweetness of yeah. it, um, a moment, and they 
they don't know, they don't realise that's what they should be doing. It's also just weird she's only in one scene because she's supposed to be turning up to give the prizes later on, which is the big finale of the yeah. film and uh, David Oak announcement. She's not here just yet. <laughs> <laughs> Shock of that. <laughs> she's mm. gone off to be Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I quite liked, and she's not going to be in my list of who you know, really stole the show, but I quite like the girl who played the cheerleader. Mm. Um, she's quite a positive representation of that kind of character because she's just been a mean girl or a dumb girlfriend. Yeah. And she sees what's going on and goes, nah, this just isn't on. And in kind of a, a blonde, dimply kind of way, she's quite hot. Yeah. Um, she, yeah, she, she, she wasn't bad. I did feel like the, the main jock guy, hmm. um, I know it wasn't him at all, but at first glance he looked a little bit like, I want to say Billy Christensen? Christensen? He, um, he was in Aladdin. He's a very Scandinavian He's in last looking. Film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he would have been great in that role. Younger. Yeah. Because yeah. basically the, the leader of the... Um, the it looks a bit like Draco Malfoy as well. Yeah, mm. yeah. And, and that's where they go, they're going for this, this kind of like blonde-haired, blue-eyed uh, American footballer. But he's really kind of a coward and a, a, a dick. I think he'd go down with one punch, which is the big problem with it as a film. But mm. like, he is a bully and he's been mean to other people. And yeah, he's got his mates around him, but... You kind of get the feeling that if that kind of kid squared off against you and you were a kid and you had a bit of nouse about you, like the main character does, you'd go, do you know what, Bosch. Yeah, but that's you, that sorted. You could have solved all that problem just by giving him a German accent. <laughs> I know it would make no sense for a German teenager, was it? but he could then be like that kind of, you know. Um, I don't really understand what you've got against the Germans. I don't have anything against it the Germans. Like you do. All right, maybe I'm Austrian then. That is but the same it's funny. thing. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be like the. What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> He'd be like Peter Stormare or, um, you know, like the, the baddies in the third Mighty Ducks film. Okay, sure. Russian then. If you want to make someone villainous. No, they're Eastern European. They're okay. Mighty Ducks film. Okay. Um, if you, Eastern, sorry, East German. Okay. <laughs> um... If you want to make someone a villain and they don't look villainous and they look scary, you know, mm. you just make them German. So all our hopefuls in Germany and Austria, <laughs> we don't think you should be villains in films, but we have grown up with you being the villain. That's in our it. Films. Yeah. So it, it's even we our are... teen movies, bizarrely. But it's true. <laughs> I'm not touching this any further. Okay, fine. <laughs> I just think you would have been better German or whatever. Okay. Austrian. Anything else you didn't like? Mm, I. No, not really. Um, I just didn't like it. No. It's um, it's competently made. It's just not funny. And yeah. It's not a bad idea for a plot of a teen gross-out, wild, crazy night comedy. But none of the deeds really bear any fruit of... You think, oh, they did it. I can't believe they pulled it off. Or, mm. oh, I can't see how they're going to get out of that scrape. <laughs> you know. Well, if, if before we watch this, if you'd asked me to write down a list of... Uh, what these possible deeds could be. Mm. I think I probably would have hit at least five of them. Yeah. In terms of, it's what you'd expect teenagers, you know, drink a beer in front of a police officer. and Probably not jizzing in a loaf of bread. Yeah, jizzing in a loaf of bread is, is quite a strange one. Yeah. <laughs> so, Maybe it's an American thing. Oh, someone's got to add a deed every time they complete all the deeds. Is yeah. Is kind of the... I mean, that kid only had to complete two deeds and then he got to do that and they accepted it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they started it. Maybe they were always like... Six. <laughs> and they've just yeah. gone from there. Yeah. Well, anyway, there we go. Regular questions. Mm -hmm. Who was the Michael Parks to film when everyone else was collecting a paycheck? Who really put in full effort and stole the show? 
I'm going to go for uh, Solovitz, was he called? The guy who... Alex Solovitz. The bully, yeah. yeah. Because uh, he wasn't in it enough for me. Mm -hmm. And when he was in it, he really stole the scenes that he was in. Yeah, he, he, he understood the brief and he went for it. Mm -hmm. And I completely respect that, what he did in it. It, it was... A performance you look forward to coming back each time. He was like Stifler or Biff. Mm -hmm. um, not quite as good as either of those two actors who played them, but he filled that role really well. Uh, I'm going to go for Ray Santiago. I, I think he did nice work in his little subplot of trying to be the young guy banging the senior. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, and I we know it. what he becomes. Yeah, he, yeah. So there we go. Product placement. Who kicked us some cash to have their wares on show? I don't know. Oh, you're maybe... blind as a bat. Yeah, I know. And well, I'm just maybe I'm just immune to advertising. Maybe it is that. Uh, the most obvious thing is the Coca-Cola Corporation had their products in every scene. Oh, I don't remember seeing a. Coke. There's cans of cokes everywhere. There's sprites. Uh, there's billboards for Coca-Cola outside the diner when he's meeting the gangster. Even when he steals a car from the valet station, the valet station has an open can of Coke. Really? It, it is everywhere. It's rampant, the old Coca-Cola company. Oh. Probably paid for the film. Wouldn't right. be shocked if they paid for the film. Okay. It was, it was so constant. I don't think... They even used to own a studio so they could include their products. don't remember seeing anything quite as blatant as that in a long time well do you remember i told you i saw an episode of gossip girl the other day mm -hmm. or this whole series second series of gossip girl vitamin water mm -hmm. every scene like literally front and center in some of the scenes it, it is like an advert yeah. aren't they owned by coke i don't know I don't maybe know. they just decided that's what they were going to do around there. that time yeah. they just spend all their money on putting th these horrible soft drinks in the teen films and the screen movie the new screen movie is pretty bad for product placement as well uh, pizza hut on the oh, bed yeah, with you. and uh, uh, Sydney Prescott's Nike trailers. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, that. Uh, but then I only found out recently what Nike is. Um, there, there, there's, there's one shot which just doesn't need to be in the film, and it's Sydney. Um, Sydney wears Nikes. <laughs> you know, these things like really well. Mm, got those eyes, darling. Got yeah. those eyes that work. <laughs> uh, if you can make one change to Dirty Deeds, what would it be? One change. Okay, I don't know if you'll give me this as a one change thing. <laughs> Basically, I would restructure it so it focuses kind of almost equally on three different parts. And I would have your Dirty Deeds, obviously, your Bobby D storyline with his house mm -hmm. party, and your Biff chasing down Milo Ventimiglia. Can't Just remember his important. name, can I we? don't know, no, I can't. Yeah. The bully. Uh, no, no, I meant Milo Ventimiglia's character. Can't remember oh, his Zach. name. Oh, Zach. Oh, Zach. Right, yeah. okay. Um, that, that I would have though, you know, give them equal weight. Yeah, he, uh, him getting into some kind of scrapes doing it and maybe having a girl hook up with him as well while he's doing it. Yeah, so, yeah. I would enjoy seeing that just as much as the dares. Yeah, I, I agree with that. They, I don't think they knew what they had. And like I say, that stash character is introduced at the beginning. Should have made more of him as well. He should, just, he should, he should be there the whole way through yeah. with Zach. Yeah. Where would you cast James Spader in this? It's difficult. Um, I think... I would probably go for the Mafia guy. Yeah, there's one of three roles he could slot into. Yeah, he could be... So they've got this trampy guy who mm -hmm. keeps cropping up, who turns out to be the only other person who's ever done the dirty deeds, and mm -hmm. his life's gone down the toilet since then because he had his values wrong. Yeah. And whilst that kind of maybe would make sense in the sense that we know James Fader from those teen movies where he is yeah. the powerful kid, you know, he's the most powerful, rich impressive popular guy in school and where is that guy now yeah. well 
actually the films James Spader has made since are exactly where that guy would be now. <laughs> he'd be on Walsh. Well, he wasn't on Walsh. You know, he'd be yeah. a lawyer. He'd be a doctor. He'd be one of those things. Fucking women and verges off the green car crashes. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, he'd, he'd, have a, he'd have a secretary who likes to whip on the bottom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he could, I suppose, have gone, you know, he could have had a moment yeah. of self-realisation. I agree with that, yeah. That, that role would have worked so much better with the tramp guy if you picked a teen movie actor. Yeah, maybe Judd Nelson. Yeah, Judd Nelson would be perfect. Yeah, that would have been a good choice. <laughs> That's what, what happened to Judd Nelson? Well, he's a tramp in Dirty Deeds. <laughs> that is his reward for being in the teen movies. Yeah. Um, okay. Would you have included a sex scene? No, because they're children. Okay. So, do you want to elaborate on that? They they are kids. I don't want to see that. Okay, that's fair enough. I'm, I'm all right. They with have that. obviously the the main uh, the the boy who's having the house party at his place. His his subplot is about having sex with a senior girl, and she does get down to her underwear at some point, and she has the child a child's body. Yeah, she's she, she's she's, so creepy. she's not what the men should be into. No, um, I would say I was disappointed when Lacey Chabert did her flash to help him get away. That we only saw collarbone. Right. It's a 15. We should see some nipple. Okay, <laughs> but I don't think she's that kind of actress. Or side boob at the very least. Yeah. Might be difficult, but... Well, yeah, but, okay. <laughs> they, they would then, in that case, have needed to get a Nadia. Uh, what's her name? Shannon, uh, Shannon Elizabeth. Shannon Elizabeth, yeah. For that role, and they didn't. They got Lacey Chaver. Okay, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. The boys are renting the Dirty Deeds. They deserve a bit of tea. You're right. You would expect it in a film like this. And I'm quite happy for you to get a bit of butt as well. And I didn't. No butt for you. No. No. Is Dirty Deeds worse or better than Bad Boys? Oh, it's, it's worse. Yeah. Because <laughs> at least Bad Boys is what it is. It's its own thing. Mm. It's uh, it's bad, but it's not trying to be... It's not know, bad. It. <laughs> yes. we, we've, we've picked something that is right back in the centre of an, what an <sighs> entertainment should be. And this doesn't reach those giddy heights. No. Um... I will say one last moment of defence for Dirty Deeds is it's 87 minutes long. Oh, it's the perfect length. Yeah, if this yeah. was any longer, then it would have really ground its gears. Mm. But it does not stay its welcome. Mm. So next episode, mm -hmm. we are going to be watching probably our first, what the actual general fuck are they thinking movie? Yeah. Uh, I think it, I might know what this is. It's scored very lowly on <laughs> on Letterboxd. No idea why. In fact, I do have an inkling why. And we'll discuss it during the podcast episode next time. But it is a great film. We both loved it when we saw it. Mm -hmm. We've watched it more than once. It's not just, oh, we watched it once and then we're going to be shocked to find out it actually is bad. And we've watched it quite recently, but we're going to watch it again for the mm -hmm. podcast. It is. It's Wonder Woman 84. Wonder Woman 84, the second yeah. Wonder Woman movie with Gal Gadot. Uh, we have it on the Blu-rays, and for some reason, Letterbox have it very lowly rated, and we're going to be fucking tearing them a new one about this when we have to watch it again. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I can't wait to watch Bundle <laughs> 84 again. It's a great superhero movie, and we're going to sing its fucking praises on the podcast next episode. Spoiler alert. <laughs> we will, because it is. It's one of the best superhero movies in the last four or five years. Yeah, it, uh, it really makes no sense. And the best thing is... I get to watch Wonder Woman again before it. Oh, yeah, we have to watch Wonder Woman again yeah. in advance. You don't want to watch Batman vs Superman, Dawn of Justice? No. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Might also be covering that in the podcast. Oh. Soon, <laughs> Possibly with a guest. Okay. Okay, but next episode, Wonder Woman 84. Uh, we will see you then. Me, Natalie, Gal Gadot, Chris Pine. We're all in it together. Yay. Thank you for listening. Thank you very much, hopefuls.